Welcome to the Enrollment Insights Podcast. In this podcast, our goal is to focus less on the promise of best practices and instead look for the processes and the questions that spark internal reflection and lead to novel solutions tailored to your institution. Hello, everyone. I am Angela Brown, the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader for K-12 at Niche, and I have two great guests for you today. We'll be talking to Melissa Essman and Deb Schultz from the Wichenden School about their YIELD campaign. But first, we're going to do some intros and then start with the two questions we ask in every episode before we dive into that content. So Melissa is the Director of Admissions for the Wichenden School in New York. The school has two campuses, one in New York and one in Massachusetts. And she is an accidental admissions professional. After studying journalism in school, she worked in publishing and then made her way into admissions, first working for private independent colleges before moving into the secondary school world. Melissa is passionate about working with students and families, thanks in no small part to her educational experiences and background. And she loves iced coffee, cooking, true crime podcasts. Me too, girl. I'm with you on that one and spending time with her husband and two children. If there's one thing you need to know about Deb, it's that she's a native New Yorker and fiercely proud of it. But her two fun facts include going to school with Steve Carell, which is amazing, when they were kids, and working for Kevin O'Leary, you might know from Shark Tank. Having worked in independent school admissions and marketing for the past 15 years, she's learned the best teams find a balance of shared responsibility and fun. I completely agree. Melissa, Deb, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having us. We're excited, or I'm excited. <laughs> Everybody's excited. It's awesome. So before we get into the topic at hand, as I mentioned, we'll start with the two questions that we ask in every episode, starting with, what is something you tried that didn't work and what did you learn? So I'll take that one first. Is that okay, Melissa? Please, I'd love it. <laughs> so I really don't want to talk too much about what didn't work because like I really fell on my face. But <laughs> what I will say is that sometimes during the summer, we try to broaden the admissions funnel over the summertime. And, and what I've learned in that experience is not to be afraid, to take the chances and learn from what didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. And I would say the biggest lesson that I had to learn is embrace what your school is, who it is, who the students are, lean into it and don't be afraid of that. Don't feel obligated to try to fit the mold of what something else is because you're only going to do yourself and your your school and your program a disservice. Own who you are, own what you do, own your centers of excellence. I love that. That's great advice. What practices do you use to brainstorm and bring new ideas into your work? Yeah. So, I mean, Deb and I are in pretty constant communication. We're fortunate that the team, when I say the team, I mean the Massachusetts crew, the New York crew, we meet once a week. Every week we start our week together. So it gives us the opportunity to A, be aware of what's going on on each other's campuses, but also brainstorm, troubleshoot, connect, touch base, and and find ways forward. We have, I think, a pretty marketing-driven leadership team. So there's always fresh ideas and room for conversation, sometimes debate <laughs> and planning. I love that. Yeah. So she really hit the nail on the head there when she talked about being in constant communication with each other. So we have the full senior team, and then we break it into smaller groups, one 
discussion just for New York City, one discussion for both campuses, and one discussion just for Massachusetts. But um, then Melissa and I set up our own meetings to follow up on those conversations. And then she and I are in, like, we're always in communication with one another. And I mean, always. And I think <laughs> that's why we're successful. That's so important. That marketing admissions partnership, it's something that I think is often discussed at length in our industry. And and what that looks like is different from school to school. But at the end of the day, without having that really close relationship, it's hard to make really anything work from an enrollment standpoint. So it's, it's wonderful that you have that partnership, but also that you have a marketing driven leadership team. I haven't heard that phrase before, but my goodness, there are probably some people who are listening to this who will be very jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's not it's not difficult to remember how fortunate we are in that regard, certainly. That's awesome. So Wichington is a really unique school with a very unique mission. We kind of covered that when we were doing our planning for this call. And I think that really connects with the way that you've approached your admissions process. So I'd love for you to take a moment just to tell us a little bit more about your school, because I think that'll provide some great context for the rest of our conversation. Yeah, certainly. Deb, we'll do as we always do. I'll start and then you correct me for the record, <laughs> right? When, <laughs> when, I need, when, when I inevitably need it. No, the, the Wincheton School is, I think, a really unique and phenomenal, obviously, institution. We are really truly one school with two campuses. Our, you know, mothership, as we call it, in Winchenden, <laughs> Massachusetts, and then our our growing campus in New York City, right in Herald Square. Winchenden School was founded in 1926. It started actually in Maine as a school really for individualized attention, the prep school environment, but for students who maybe learn differently, young men with ADHD didn't necessarily fit into that box of traditional prep school education, but had all of the aspiration, all of the ability, just needed to approach learning in a different way. Um, so I think that's something that we've really held on to and informs a lot of the learning and the teaching and the engaging that we do. One of the things that happens on both campuses, and I should mention, we started in New York in 2018, and really both campuses embody that philosophy, uh, that desire, the balance between support and challenge, rigor and differences and the ability to really thrive in school when students maybe haven't under different circumstances. We emphasize project-based learning. We emphasize professional preparedness. Our executive director says we're not just building a transcript. We're helping students to build a professional resume and we're building the skills that they need to be thought leaders, business leaders, entrepreneurial leaders in a world that we don't quite understand and preparing them for jobs that don't yet exist. And we have students living that out um, every single day. So it's a really wonderful place. You can find that balance of traditional college preparatory education and field-based learning, immersive learning, experiential learning, and professional preparedness. Yeah, you're going to find a balance of the AP um, courses, you know, that rigor, and then you're going to find kids really leaning into the entrepreneurial spirit. Speaking of Shark Tank earlier, and Kevin O'Leary, one of our students 
started an invention here that he brought with him to Stanford University that he ended up on Shark Tank in a bidding war. So we really have leaned into that, um, building the resume and looking at what skills are people going to need for jobs that we don't know exist yet. Yeah, that's incredible. And and it's very clear. It's so interesting when you ask people to tell you about their institution, right? You know, that you hear a lot of the same buzzwords and a lot of the same phrases and, and you see that on websites and everything. But I really felt like I got such a clear picture of who and what Winchenden was when we were speaking earlier. I thought it was really important to share that. So thank you for that really detailed and clear description of the institution. So now we're going to dig into our topic at hand since we are entering yield season. And Winchendid has a really phenomenal accepted to enrolled campaign that we want to cover starting from the very beginning. What made you to decide to take a campaign approach to nurturing those accepted students and making sure that they enrolled? Yeah. So I think the the reason we felt we needed a, sort of a campaign was it, there's a lot of different reasons, but I think what it really boils down to is making stu- we wanted to make sure that students understood that we were excited about them. We didn't just expect them to be excited about us. We also wanted to make the admissions process feel a little bit less transactional. Sometimes it's, you know, you get a you get a letter, you get an exciting package in the mail and then it's radio silence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't really want our students to feel that way. And the other element of it really truly was helping students to understand our students and their stories and who we were as an institution. We are a little bit different than some of the schools in our, you know, in our peer group and helping families to really define and understand that differentiation without building a fear or concern about outcomes because our outcomes are phenomenal, helping them to understand, as we said, that balance between the two was really critical and just makes students feel good. It's really exciting to get things in the mail, even if it's really simple. So we really leaned into that. And it gives, I think, in my opinion, families and students a taste of what their experience in our community is going to be like, we're setting the tone early. And just to piggyback on that, I would say that, you know, it is exciting to get a package in the mail, especially today when we don't get real, real mail anymore. Everything's, you know, text or email and to get that package and like, what's in the box, what's in this envelope and just build that excitement. We put a marketing message on the outside. And so we built this whole campaign about excitement and around what Melissa said about it's a partnership. You know, it's not just, you shouldn't just be excited about us. We're excited about you too. <laughs> that piece is so important. And I, I'm, I'm wearing my customer experience hat as I think about this because I do think that to Melissa's point, that gap between when you get your acceptance and then when you actually set foot on campus after you've enrolled it does start to feel very transactional. So you've spent all this time wooing these students and families, and then they get a letter and a packet, and then that's kind of it. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that can fall kind of flat. It's really important not just to make sure that you have a plan for how you're going to continue to engage these families during that window of time, 
between when they enroll and when they actually join your community, but also to have that mutual excitement. You know, you've spent all this time generating their excitement and then affirming that, yes, this is my first choice school, but you're not done. You know, they still need to feel like you're just as excited about them as they are about you. And I don't know that that always happens. So it's important to call that out. Yeah. And, you know, I will add, because I've been thinking a lot about this because we are in the throes of it now. Mm -hmm. It is sort of yield season, right? Hence the timing of this episode. <laughs> you know, of course, there's a lot of, we need your transcripts. We need you to, we need you to do an interview. We need you to come to campus. We need you to take a tour. We need, we need, we need, mm -hmm. we want, we want, we want. So offering a little bit of reciprocity in that, you know, in the aftermath of that, I think is really nice as well. And I think family, parents and families find it a little bit refreshing. Like, oh, like you're just sending me something you don't want. You don't necessarily want anything from me. Right. You're just saying hello. You're just checking in. Like there's a kindness element to it that in the bustle, and it is so busy, right? It's a crazy time. We have goals. We have things that we're focused on. It just, it, it's refreshing and it's refreshing, I think, for us to, to come up with these ideas and to make them happen, bring them to fruition and to share those messages and a little bit of goodwill. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I think it's also important for schools to recognize that it's highly unlikely that your school is the only one that these families have applied to. And so you have to remember that not just in the process, every, for every ask that you're making, there are three, four, five, sometimes 10 other schools making those same asks, asking them to log into different systems, you know, to submit their applications and juggle different deadlines and events. And some of them have similar processes. Some of them have very different processes. And this is actually a great opportunity for you to stand out because you do have that percentage of families that get to the finish line and start second guessing, you know, mm -hmm. is the school that I thought was our first choice at the beginning of the season still our first choice? And so all of that is really important, just putting yourself in the family's shoes and remembering it's, it's not just about what you need as an institution to get through the cycle, but it's also really important to think about their needs as well. Yeah, exactly. certainly. So we're gonna talk about the components of the campaign because there are a lot, and we're actually gonna have a couple of examples on our website that you were kind enough to share once this goes live. But can you walk us through what a prospective student sees and experiences between when they get that decision and your enrollment deadline. Yeah, absolutely. So first I want to shout out Deb because she does create very thoughtfully designed store. She picks out stories. She picks out messaging. It's all very thoughtful, which I can be, it's true. I can be as, I can be as charming as I want, but if you know, it's not lining up with who we are, it's really important. So once a student is getting notified of their acceptance, they actually get notified three times. There is an email that comes from me to the, to the candidate and their families, guardians, you know, parents that goes out right away through the system. They then receive their actual, very thoughtfully designed, you belong here admissions package with some goodies. We, we swag them out. We move that into that goodwill feeling. And then they get another email that contains their actual enrollment documents. It was really important to us to sort of separate those two things. 
you know, there's a lot of elements that go into deciding to enroll in a school. And primarily for us, our goal was to make the students get that sense of belonging and that sense of excitement. And then we can work out the details down the line. And then once they've gotten those notifications, they get a bunch of like really goodies over the course of the next few weeks and months. We have a really thoughtful postcard campaign. It had one is just a student explaining it's in their own words, why they chose Winchenden, what made the school feel right for them. It's current, it was most recent graduate and they get a handwritten note from me like, Hey, you know, hi, Johnny, Sarah, Janie, uh, you know, really excited for you to join our community. Hope the end of your school year is going really well. Can't wait to see you on campus at a revisit day on XYZ date. Please let me know if you have questions. Your voice is important. You know, there's so much knowledge we have in our heads about students. So I really use that to inform the next few phases of the of the outreach campaign. They get another postcard a few weeks later, again, with a quick, just quick handwritten note, like, Hi, Sarah, heard you had a swimming con- you know, competition and you did really well. Can't wait to see a video of it. Hope this, char- it's a charger, uh, like a portable charger. Hope this portable charger, you know, helps your phone battery when you need to make a video of your next competition. You know, see you on campus soon. And then the last thing that they get is a postcard, again, featuring one of our current students or most recent graduate that talks about their favorite place to eat on campus. One of the funky things about our community in New York is that we are, we're in an office building and our students source their lunch, you know, and a lot of their learning externally off campus. Um, we treat New York City as part of our, our classroom and our campus. They often go off campus for lunch and showing students what the local places are. This is, you know, there's a rice hot dog place in Koreatown, a few blocks away where our students love. So it's a little card featuring a student highlighting that local business where they go, where he goes and likes like to eat and a $15 gift card for lunch. So I'll include a note like, you know, hi, Diana, hope this gift card helps you next time you come to campus. Um, enjoy lunch on your first day on Winchenden, something like that. And just, again, continuing the goodwill, continuing the excitement, you know, I actually get handwritten thank you notes back, which is kind of oh, funky. Oh, that's awesome. And really nice. Yeah, we know yeah. our students so well. that, And then we ask them for what excites you. Why, you know, we ask them, why did you say yes to Winston? And so yeah. we did this whole campaign from yes to enrolled. And then the front of the, it's a two-sided postcard that we put into an envelope. So Melissa can do her handwritten note. And then um, the front of it is why I said yes to Winston. Wow. And we asked our students, what did, what excited you? And, and then we asked them, what are the things that keep you coming back? And what should we tell other students, the, you know, candidates about the school? So we really got student input on this campaign. And we tried to bring their excitement to our candidates and just get them as excited as our current students are about the school. So we really pull in thoughts and feelings from our students and then put it into this campaign. I'm telling you, thoughtful. Yeah, I mean, that, there, there are so many boxes that you're checking <laughs> with this work. I mean, it's, it's personalized, it's thoughtful, it's student-centric, you're featuring students in the outreach, which is so important. It's something that people ask about all the time because they, they know how important it is. Our data shows that it's extremely important 
but it's a, it's a struggle to know exactly how to do it. And I'm just blown away by how thoughtful this is and how different it is because this yield is, it has to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. And I think that in too many environments, the decisions go out and then you're just sort of hoping, you know, <laughs> that these families enroll and that they don't melt over the summer, you know, before that deadline comes up. And so the fact that this is so intentional, but it's so student focused and it teases out a lot of your culture. It's such a nice window into what it's like to be part of your community. There are just many, many great lessons to be learned from that, which is awesome. And it's a great segue because none of this would work if you did not have this incredible partnership, which we alluded to earlier. We talked a bit about how that's a, a common topic, that admissions and marketing partnership, but it doesn't always work. It's not always as collaborative <laughs> as, as what you're experiencing. But I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that partnership at Winchenden, how you work together, and hopefully there's some inspiration in there for some of the folks who might be listening. Well, I don't think we have a magic sauce. I mean, we do the obvious, so we're not creating working silos. Mm -hmm. Melissa and I, you know, we have this weekly meeting that is pretty intense and that takes up our morning on Mondays, but we can plan out for the week. But then we're also make sure that we built our relationships outside of those set meetings. For example, marketing, that's me. I host <laughs> the admissions support team and the admissions staff in Massachusetts. When students are, aren't on campus, we call it a no students on campus. And then we have morning coffee or an afternoon beverage together. And so we build relationships outside of working with each other and talking about the students or we, we get to know one another really well. And then we also, at our school, we make sure that our marketing team, that's me, <laughs> all the admissions events and we're speaking to prospective families and parents and and the students to hear firsthand what's resonating with them and then we work to audit the whole admissions process with the admissions team so we can see a lot of what we do is automated we use hubspot so a lot of the beginning of it is an automated process so we look at what's working, where people, the data, where people are clicking in our emails, and we work with the admissions team to audit what's going out and where, where we can improve. So we work together on that. So it really is, you know, that when I talked in my bio about finding the balance between working really hard together and then having fun, it's... I think that it shows up in our work is that we have that balance and we really know how to have fun in the team as well. And Melissa's just so easy to get along with. <laughs> I don't know that everybody would say that, but I appreciate that you do. <laughs> there is another element too, though, that I want to point out, and that's that it's that we're actually maintaining these relationships in two different states, right? Yeah. Like, let's not forget that there are two communities that we're supporting, both professionally and in terms of student body. So that really, it's a point of pride, I think, for us as an institution to reinforce the alignment between the two parts of our community. We are one school. So that requires making sure that 
I'm familiar with the Massachusetts campus and what's going on there, and that I get some time up there and actual face-to-face time with my partners on that campus, and that they get time on our campus to meet our students, feel our community, engage with the things that are going on in New York, and get that face time in both areas. So there's a few pieces that we're managing. I think if one or one or many things were different, it maybe wouldn't work as seamlessly, but we are supported in emphasizing the alignment between the different elements of our community. And that really, that is part of that, that magic sauce, you know, that we do or don't have, because it can be a little funky. I mean, Deb's in Massachusetts, I'm in New York, you know, and we're, we're, we're partnering regularly. It doesn't matter. We learned that, I think, in the last few years, it doesn't really matter where you are in the world. Yeah. <laughs> You can, you know, you can, you can be wonderful partners Absolutely. Um, from, from a distance. Absolutely. That's great. And I, what's interesting that it's something that might surprise people given everything that you're doing. I know, Melissa, you're a one woman admissions team. Deb, are you a one woman marketing team as well? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So, so we have two extremely active single person <laughs> teams I would love to hear actually from each of you if you could share some tips for other small teams who might want to steal some of these ideas but might also be sitting in their cars or at their desks and thinking, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel that there are days when it's <laughs> when it's like the, the sky is falling, right? I'm like, become chicken little. I, I surely do that. We all do. But I think, you know, and I've said this before, I think there is this sort of pervasive feeling. Uh, and I think it comes from the competitive nature of our, our personalities and to some degree our interests, you know, our industry. So as much as there is camaraderie, there's, there's a competition element, oh, right? Yeah. So- I think there's always this pervasive feeling that other offices have more. They have more resources. They have more assets. They have, they have more manpower, women power, person power. Like, <laughs> I think stepping back and remembering that there are more of us in this type of situation, even if you're not an office of one, but you're feeling like it yeah. or you know, the burden on you feels heavy remembering that you are not alone (laughs) in it and that many schools are working with similar levels of assets and maybe even less engagement or partnership than what you know we're you or we are fortunate enough to have for me it was critical to find and develop and foster real partnerships with people on campus I'm on what could, could be considered a satellite campus. So it's a much smaller program team. It's a much smaller administrative team, which is lovely because it gives me direct access to our head of school and our executive director and our assistant head of school at overseas enrollment, which is amazing. But it also can feel very lonely, very lonely yeah. when you're in the throes of it. So building that and fostering that. And I was fortunate. Deb was one of the first people I met when I when I came up for my interview and I left and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna work with her. She's <laughs> awesome. You know, like having that and building that relationship is critical. And then the other thing that's I think is really important, and I'm long-winded, I know, but the other the other piece I think that's important to remember is that so much of this knowledge is in your brain. These things that we're suggesting are feasible. We 
admissions people live with a cache of otherwise irrelevant information (laughs) in their brains about students, their passions, their schools, their families, their swimming competitions, their horseback riding, you know, competitions, whatever it may be. Rely on that. Trust yourself. And it makes things a lot more. And use your system. Oh, my God, please use your system. It makes it (laughs) a lot more surmountable. Melissa talked about it, having a really marketing-driven leadership program Mm -hmm. in your team. And so I'm really, we're really lucky that way in that they are really responsive and want to have ideas. And uh, we work on these things together. But practically, we also, because um, we're working with students to build their resumes and give them skills that they need past college, we have in uh, marketing, we view students as photographers and social media ambassadors. And um, over the summer, they I had a student who helped redo the website during COVID. So, you know, practically, there are those practical things too, like using students and using your resources on campus. And when I don't have the resources on campus, I also can look outside of the campus and like if I'm not a graphic artist, so what are my resources that I can use outside of campus to support me? So those are some of the ways that I also work. Yes, Melissa, you're like. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. No, and you know what? I actually was just thinking of this, Deb, you trigger this in my in my mind. And it's something that I really do credit the Winchenden School in and the leadership and encouraging in me and fostering in me, get out of your office. It can feel really, there's always something to do, right? An yep. email to send, a call to make. We all have those phone bank days. Get out of your office. Take the students for a cup of coffee. Sit with them at lunch. Go if, you know, if you have a big cafeteria, go dining hall cafeteria. I know it's something really lovely about the Massachusetts campus is the faculty and the staff eat lunch in the you know, in the dining hall with the students, go out there, connect with him. Those are your selling points. Those are your highlight reels for your community. Those are the stars of the show. And getting that interaction, getting that understanding of their lived experience beyond just what you think of it as an as an adult and as a professional, it really goes such a long way. Yeah in connecting you not only to the community, rooting you in the community, but also sort of legitimizing what can be seen as a lot of, you know, marketing or, or you know, the word we don't like to use, the sale, like the sales yeah. element of the business that we're in. Yeah. It's very grounding. It's very legitimizing. And it's also, it fills your cup a little bit yeah. to see students really happy in the community that you're working to support. Yeah, that that visibility is important for a variety of reasons, because it helps the students to understand your role in an institution. They're so used to interacting with teachers and student life people. And, you know, if you're if you have dorms they're they're used to those adults, there are certain adults that they're used to seeing all the time, but they don't necessarily understand what's going on behind the scenes and admissions and marketing and especially if they're a little ways out from the admissions process, you know, they might not remember. And and if you need them to do something for you at some point, it's good for them to know who you are. But it's also great with, with faculty as well for you to be visible and for them to get used to seeing you and having conversations with you. And it's not just, I'm the person that gets up at the beginning of the year and talks about numbers and then I disappear into my office you know, <laughs> until yeah. we do it all again. You really do have to 
find that time to engage with your community. Really great advice. So we are now at the stage of the episode where I know people will have follow-up questions and probably want to connect with you to learn more about the work that you're doing. Where can people find you if they want to engage with you after the episode? Yeah, I'm in admissions. I'm always looking at my email. <laughs> you can find me always at my Winchenden email. It's my first initial and my last name at winchenden.org. My face is all over the website. You'll find me. <laughs> and, you know, uh, LinkedIn is is still a huge part of our business. Always happy to connect on LinkedIn chat. You can find me there as well. And so I'm at school email, my first initial, last name at winchenden.org. You can call the admissions office and ask to be connected with me if that's what you want to talk in person. I'm happy to speak with anyone. Perfect. And we'll be sure to include that in the show notes as well. Thank you both so much for your time today and for sharing all of the super cool things that you're doing at Wichita. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. This this wasn't scary at all. This was a treat. We try to keep it fun. We really do. (laughs) We appreciate it so much.